Welcome to Day Zero Update for December 5th, 2021. I'm your host, Chris Ologi. I'm Brandon Perkins. And I'm Daniel Victoria. And yeah, we have a fairly uh, sizable show this week. Uh, it's been yeah. a decent amount of news. Uh, we got your new lineups for PlayStation Plus and Games with Gold to yeah. talk about. Uh, we got a couple of games getting big updates this week. A couple more things happening later this week. Mm-hmm. That's what you can look out for uh, early next year. Uh, one being a game that is uh, sort of going away, I guess. We'll talk more about that. Kind of, sort of. Um, it's a little complicated, but, but yeah. Uh, we got a, a big shakeup going on at EA with one of their biggest franchises. Uh, mm-hmm. Take-Two is going all in on this Bethesda method of defending any sort of trademark they might have, uh, whatever that might be. Uh, let's see. And we got a few more Activision Blizzard news. Nothing really huge here, but nonetheless, uh, some more shit that's going on. So uh, before we get to that, uh, we'll be talking about what we've been playing. And I will go first. Uh, first up here is Solar Ash. Uh, I have not played too much of this, but I've beaten the first boss, uh, mm-hmm. which for whatever reason was just bugging out for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to the third phase, and whenever I do that, the boss would sort of, uh, sort of sink under the water, and if I did that a couple times, uh, my character would just get stuck in place in the water and would not be able to move or anything. I have to quit out and start over again seems like the solution was to uh just go uh change to an easy difficulty the novice one and then go from there Mm -hmm. uh but the game itself is kind of more of a let's say if you took jet set radio and turned it into more of an action adventure game of sorts Mm -hmm. uh where your character can kind of just uh move around uh, you hold left trigger to sort of go into like a uh, like a surfing kind of mode of sorts. Uh, mm-hmm. Just going around on the uh, it's not really water so much as like this weird blue goo that's all over this uh, area. Uh, but you can also use it to run. But if you hit R2, you mm-hmm. get like a burst of speed uh, to it to get like a a bigger jump, whatever you needed to do, just get around quicker. Uh, but you got a basic attack uh, for enemies, which none of them have been very difficult so far, just more like obstacles. Uh, seems like the focus is more on these bosses and sort of completing these little mini puzzles of sorts uh, in these different areas where you're... A lot of the themes are based around kind of your character having like a sewing needle and jabbing it into mm-hmm. eyes. Uh, a little bit of like a, a sewing aesthetic there. Uh, but you're, you know, usually getting around on goo or something, platforming, whatnots, mm. and at times the, at least in this initial area, kind of the goo will periodically turn to like a super hot temperature and just burn you alive. Mm-hmm. And you have to start back at whatever the checkpoint is. Mm. Uh, but the style is really nice. The story is about the your planet is being sucked into 
the ultra void, this mm-hmm. uh, massive black hole, and you're sort of part of the void runners that are tasked with finding a way to stop it uh, by getting the, I forget what they call it, the astro seed, something like that. Uh, some sort of thing to stop it. Uh, but yeah, I'm still in the early part of the game, so still working on that. But that's been pretty cool so far. Mm. Uh, let's see. I've been playing some Fortnite. I did a stream yesterday as the Season 2, Chapter 8 uh, ending event. Managed to get one match in before that started. Mm. And that was, uh, I managed to get a win there. So it was nice to end the season on a win. Uh, the and the whole see, uh, ending event kind of continues with the lore of these aliens coming to attack and the Q queen that has sort of taken over the map at that point, uh, built yeah. this weird uh, pyramid of sorts with the various other cubes that had crashed onto the island. Uh, yeah. And then sort of this whole event has her creating like a portal for aliens, uh, more of the aliens to come to the island to destroy everything. Uh, then you get saved by uh, the, I forget what they call the character, but uh, it's played by The Rock. Mm. Just in case you're wondering. So that's the the fun little thing there. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you kind of go with him onto, I think it was one of the spaceships. I forget what the, the place you're at specifically, but uh, you eventually get to a point of trying to defeat them and this whole chaos uh, that happens essentially flips the island around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Almost at times kind of looks like the the Titanic sort of pointing straight up Mm -hmm. uh, as you kind of uh, see it flipping, see the new island that... Uh, seems to very much be uh, winter themed as most like two thirds of the island is covered in snow. Yep. So, so there's a. Uh, well, I mean, that's pretty. That, that kind of thing is kind of fairly typical for this time of year on Fortnite, anyway, isn't it? Uh, it depends. Uh, a lot of the bushes are have, you know, Christmas lights in them. Yeah. Now, though I don't think they provide any like real light or anything. Mm. But also, uh, the big thing here is uh, the new Battle Pass, and I think the update kind of upgrades this game to Unreal Engine 5. Uh, So there's that in the works. I don't know what all it's bringing to the game Mm -hmm. over the original version, uh, the previous version. Uh, But it seems like the the shooting is a bit different, Uh, probably looks a bit better. Uh, it's not exactly pushing any graphical boundaries or anything, so it's maybe not a game that's going to showcase what it can do on the outside, but uh, they've done some things to shake it up. So the Battle Pass, the ultimate uh, unlock at, I think, level 100 is uh, Spider-Man, mm-hmm. conveniently coinciding with the upcoming movie. Okay. Uh, uh, they've made changes to the quest system. So last time around, it was all all about finding these quest givers on the island to sort of tackle their quest chains. And now they've kind of uh, divvied it up a bit, made it less about getting quest givers, 
Uh, mm. But now they kind of it feels more Rocket League like. Mm. Uh, so instead of weekly uh, season and uh, weekly and season challenges, it's more uh, about daily. Which, like the the first one I tried is just like complete three of these dailies, and it'll just keep pumping them out to you. I assume to get less uh, XP with each one you do. Uh, mm-hmm. But the seasonal ones uh, very much seem fairly easy, but it seems like those are tiered. So you get mm. a certain amount done that it wants you to do. Uh, then it'll bring in new ones, uh, more challenges, that kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, they still let you track one quest. I feel like it should do more, at least like mm. three, because you generally want to come into a match with maybe like two or three things you kind of want to aim for, especially for quests that are uh, location-based. There's a lot of stuff where it seems like the ultimate thing is to kind of reach the infinity point, I think they call it, or zero point. Uh, I forget what the lore is around all this. There's there's a lot of lore uh, to this, but the uh, this zero point thing seems to be the main goal for this mm. chapter. I don't know what that means ultimately, but uh, it'll be something that'll keep pushing for the next uh, this next whole chapter uh, or season uh, that is going on. So there's some good stuff, some new island stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's still pretty good. Still learning various mechanics uh, about it. So that's uh, that's it. I think the the other thing is you can get Spider-Man's uh, swingers, uh, mm-hmm. so you can do your web swinging, all that kind of stuff. But I assume it'll be pretty hard to get because uh, I have not seen it yet. But that's Fortnite. Seems good. Mm-hmm. Still doing big events better than anybody else can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Also been playing more Rocket League. I've uh, been just working on that. Also been playing some Rocket League Sideswipe. I did a stream on Friday, kind of playing both of them. Sideswipe is their mobile game, uh, which generally has all the mechanics of the game. It's just confined to more of a 2D plane uh, in arenas that the goals are pretty much uh, on like the 2v2. Maps are kind of have it's about midway. The 1v1 duels uh, have the goal lower on the on the ends of the the arena they also have hoops in there 2v2 hoops there's no 3v3 or anything mm-hmm. uh, probably a bit too many people uh but they do make some concessions so, like you don't bump into other players because that would just create a lot more chaos uh with it but you can do your boosting you sort of flying through the air uh all that kind of stuff you can only gain boost by being on the ground uh, but you can boost up to like the the top of the arena to get uh, some additional boost. And yeah, they've made the the first season pass free. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no paid element to the game just yet. Uh, so there's you know typical rocket pass sort of setup where there's you know weekly challenges, uh, season challenges, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff to work towards. But uh, yeah, it's been pretty good. They do have an event going on right now where if you get into the mobile game, you can get some 
uh, free stuff for the main game, including the mm-hmm. Anamanaguchi song that they got made just for Sideswipe, which is very much an Anamanaguchi song. Uh, so yeah, that's Rocket League. Uh, and the other game I've been playing is Power Wash Simulator. Uh, they put out their 0.7 updates, mm-hmm. uh, which is another big one, which adds uh, the multiplayer beta. So you can play online co-op with friends. Uh, there doesn't seem to be any sort of uh, matchmaking for it, so you do have to have people on your friends list that are playing it and want to do that. Uh, they mm-hmm. had two new jobs. Uh, the fun thing is the the gift they show of the vehicle being clean now shows your character uh, mm-hmm. running around doing uh, all the weird stuff that you do to clean up stuff. Mm-hmm. You're staying on top of vehicles and all the weird kind of stuff you end up doing. So that's a, a nice little upgrade for that. Uh, the two new jobs are pretty cool. One is a monster truck, so you have to get under it uh, to clean out a bunch of the stuff under the the vehicle. Uh, the second one is, uh, what was it? Oh, yeah, the Ferris wheel. They've been adding uh, these jobs at the carnival do like a big slide, the uh, the merry-go-rounds, and now the Ferris wheels, the new one, mm-hmm. uh, which is a very big one because you get you know a lot of the the platform and stuff done, and then it's like oh you got to clean up the, the actual pods and the wheel and all that kind of stuff, which uh, will take a good bit of time there. But that was sort of what I was doing during the downtime in the the Fortnite stream when. They sort of block everybody out with like 30 minutes to go. So I just kind of had it sitting there and doing some power washing while I was waiting. So that is, uh, yeah, that is, uh, pretty much it. How about you, Brandon? Uh, well, for me, um, last week, you know, I finished and played the original Dishonored. So I decided to, uh, play and finish the original Dishonored 2 this week, which is, Exactly what I did, and um, that uh, took me a bit longer than the original one. Um, these games are not terribly long, um, as far as like you know the main campaigns go. Um, usually, but the, the the reason for that is because all of the the you know areas that you know the the missions take place in are so unbelievably huge. Um, I mean, the first ones in Dishonored are pretty intricate, if somewhat kind of small-ish. Once you kind of figure out the mechanics of how that game kind of gates you off from going outside of the needed area, the essential area, you kind of realize it is kind of small in hindsight, which is why... In Dishonored 2, they give you these gigantic, like, mansions and alleyways and, you know, places that have, like, multiple layers and all kinds of stuff in them that you can interact with in order to uh, accomplish the mission. And remember, one of the main points of the Dishonored games is to try and complete your mission with as little uh, violence and as little chaos as possible. Uh, in order to get a better ending. Um, because the level of violence you enact in the game affects your character personally. Um, and 
you know, Dishonor 2 is definitely more difficult than the first one is simply because of the scale of it. It, it also has some incredibly ingenious um, mechanics that I have not seen used yet in another game. Um, one of the uh, last couple of areas you get involved with actually has a time travel mechanic where you get a hold of this device. It's basically like a little silver orb that you hold in your left hand um, that has like a metallic fan on, on it. And when you, when you want to activate it, you can activate the metallic fan. And what the metallic fan does is it shows you a sort of view of what the particular area that you're in what it looks like 20 either 20 years in the past or 20 years into the present um and then when you want you can then you know use it to go back in time you know which can be you know 20 years 15 years um and it's especially uh handy because if you're you know back in the past and you end up getting spotted by someone you can just run and then activate the you know, the time travel mechanic and you'll be back in the present and they'll be, you know, none the wiser. But what's especially fascinating is, um, you know, that like the game tells you, it's like, okay, what you do in the past is going to affect what the present looks like. And what they, what they, um, they don't really tell you how it does it, but it very noticeably starts to happen pretty quickly as you're sort of going on with those mentions that you have to do in the past. Um, because when you first arrive at this particular place, it's basically a huge dilapidated mansion, and it's only inhabited by one guy. And that one guy has basically lost his com you know, complete touch with reality. Um, he's just gone, basically. He, can't, he doesn't even acknowledge your presence. He just hears something. He knows something or someone is there, but he doesn't know what. And then you go back in the past and you do some of the stuff you have to do, get some of the information you have to get. And as it go and then there's a point where you'll suddenly realize that there's now more than two people in the actual mansion in the present. And then you start to see this guy's, you know, his children and his servants. And the actual mansion starts to look better. You know, there are people that are reupholstering the walls. There are people who were painting the ceiling, you know, fixing doors, um, making it look nicer. Uh, and then you actually meet the dude himself and he's completely fine now uh, because of the stuff that you managed to accomplish in the past. And it's very subtle. You don't really notice it happening until it actually affects you directly. And it's, damn, it's brilliant. Um, Arcane really knocked it out of the park with that one. Um, but, uh, other than that, uh, I also played, um, because, you know, I've got my PS Now subscription, I decided to download Final Fantasy IX, which is a Final Fantasy game that, you know, I still actually have my PlayStation copy, um, in my library. Uh, and, you know, I played it and beat it a couple times back in the day. It's definitely one of my favorite Final Fantasies, um... It's definitely superior to Final Fantasy VIII, and I say that as someone who rather liked Final Fantasy VIII back in the day. Um, but the version that you can get on PS Now is essentially the sort of recent retouched version where they went back and they remastered and like really sharpened all the character models that are on screen. They look 
really crystal clear. The colors are brighter. You know, the detail is brighter. They did not do the same with those pre-rendered environments, however. Um, anybody who played those old PlayStation era Final Fantasy games knows that to sort of uh, get around the whole thing of, you know, making like fully made backgrounds, they would they decided to make a, a bunch of uh, pre-rendered environments, which back in the day looked pretty state-of-the-art, but as time has gone on, they have looked worse and worse, and when you put those really sharp character models on top of those very obviously aged uh, pre-rendered backgrounds, which at this point look very grainy and kind of out of focus, it very, very clear like how, why people don't use that particular development mechanic anymore. It just ages it very quickly. Um, but yeah, that's pretty, pretty much what I've been playing. Dan Reb, what about you? Yeah, um, it's, it's it's not much changed. I'm still playing Guards in the Galaxy. Um, yeah, I'm on chapter fourteen or fifteen, and I believe I have two more left. And yeah, I'm enjoying it a whole lot more than I was like you know previous weeks. Uh, it's just that this game just uh, gets so much better as you get towards the end, um, because like the the story just went a uh, totally uh, different place that I didn't think it would go, mm. and um, a lot of it. Um, at the beginning and then going towards the middle was just really um, knowing who each of these guardians are. I mean, like, you know, I've, I've talked about it in previous episodes. Like, you know, if if, if your knowledge of the Guardians of the Galaxy just comes from the MCU, like there there's there's way more to it than that. Like, you know, you're you're learning about um, why Rocket is the way he is. You know, I can't say you learn much about Groot, but, you know, Groot's there. Um, obviously, Gamora being uh, Thanos's daughter. um gives it a different dynamic and then there's there's Drax who uh we don't even really learn about much in the MCU and here like you can see his uh, uh wife and child um and things like that. So getting to dive deeper into the d- dynamic of their relationships is is pretty awesome. And when you do that you also gain more abilities which really gives the combat some much needed flair. Granted at the end of the day um all you're really doing is just choosing their most buff moves and they, they appear more often than they should. But again, like this is a B level game, but it's still like, um, really interesting. And yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to finish the game tonight and I look forward to doing that. Um, I've also been playing a little bit more Pokemon. Uh, there's not much to say there. I have three badges. Uh, it's, 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 it's Pokemon. Um, uh, again, like the, the main thing is that the, I remember the story being a whole lot more interesting uh, when it originally came out, but I guess because, you know, I've already played this game, it's really just going through the motions. I don't know if I want to finish it, but I probably will, just because, like, Pokemon RPGs aren't drastically long or anything, so I'll probably see it through. Uh, Played a little bit more of The Artful Escape on the Xbox Series X. Um, And, you know, it's it's mostly a narrative adventure. Um, Nice art, uh, awesome music. Um, I've heard it's a four-hour experience, but I haven't had the time or, like, the energy to really uh, just sit through for more than a few minutes at a time. Like, normally I'm playing it at 1 a.m., and I'm like, okay, it's time to knock out. So hopefully this is a game that I get to finish before, like, you know, um, we get really serious with our uh, Game of the Year stuff, which we've already started as of today. And then, like Chris, I've also uh, started Solar Ash, a friend of mine at um, 
and Annapurna gave me a code, so hopefully we'll have a review um, at the end of the week, maybe be, uh, a little bit after the Game Awards. And um, yeah, I've never played Hyperlight Drifter before, so I can't really make that comparison. Um, but as far as like a lot of other Annapurna games go, I feel like the the actual gameplay mechanics here are a whole lot more polished than what I'm used to. Um, so the game is pretty much just a, a platformer with some action here and there. Um, but mostly it's really just puzzle solving to decide how or to really get from point A to point B. Um, it's it's open world, but it's also linear to an extent where, you know, you really know um, where you have to go. It's really just finding out the best route to get there by solving whatever puzzles and then using whatever platforming elements you have. And... Um, yeah, it's it, it's it's really awesome to look at. It's it reminds me of the Pathless, um, as far as its look. Though I've never played that game, so I can't really uh, say like how similar it is to uh, in its gameplay. But yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it so far, and I'm hoping that this game isn't too long because uh, yeah, I want to get onto other stuff. But so far, it's been really really cool, and that's about it for me. All right, so yeah, let's get to uh, some games that you can get with your PlayStation Plus and games with gold lineups for mm-hmm. this month. Uh, we'll go to PlayStation Plus, and yeah, there's an interesting thing here, uh, Godfall Challenger Edition, that is for the PS5 and PS4. Mm-hmm. It's a whole weird aspect of this, because it is essentially Godfall, uh, but without the campaign in it. Just lets you kind of get to the the end game stuff, and that has not gone down well with people. Uh especially because they're adding an update to the base game itself to let you do the same thing of skipping the campaign and just having a character ready for the end game stuff. Mm. That kind of makes it very much seem like you could have just put the base game in there Mm. and not have to deal with making a new version of this game, especially when like the, all the versions that they're selling currently are bundles that include the new expansion they came out with, I think, earlier this year. Mm-hmm. So everyone's like, oh, you can upgrade to this. And it's like, I don't... You guys are really making the campaign not the thing people want to do, but also uh, acting like they should actually pay for it. Mm-hmm. Just being kind of very weird with the way they're doing this. And the few hours I've played of the game, it's the campaign seemed, you know, all right for what it is. It's nothing amazing. There's no great story to it or anything. The action's pretty decent, but that's just early game stuff. So the notion that they're like putting the campaign on kind of a weird pedestal, but also, you know, putting out this update, this version that lets you skip it. It's just kind of, it's a whole weird situation. It seems like they just did all this extra work and PR mm. or something they could have mm. just so like hey you can have campaign uh we also let you skip past it uh, to play the sort of end game stuff with other people it's all weird feels like a very gearbox move to be super cutesy and precious yeah. with this game that nobody wants to be precious with yeah pretty much <sighs> yeah so that's uh one of the PS plus games for this month uh, let's see. For the PS4, there is Lego DC Supervillains, uh, one of the latest Lego games that should be pretty neat to see. Uh, and then there's Mortal Shell, uh, the sort of Dark Souls-esque game that is uh, 
It's supposed to be pretty good. Has a neat style to it from what I've seen. That'll be there as well. And also for this month are the PSVR games they put up for last month. They're also available this month as well in case you missed it. Uh, the Persistence, The Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners, and Until You Fall mm-hmm. uh, to check out. So pretty decent lineup there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gearbox kind of just being very weird with their own game for some reason. I don't know. I mean, that's kind of Gearbox's thing anyway, isn't it? Yeah, but it seems like they could have saved themselves a lot of trouble by just bringing back the the pure base game and just putting mm-hmm. that up there and saying, like, hey, if you like this, there's an expansion you can buy. <laughs> so I don't think they're selling any microtransactions or anything. Expansion and, like, some deluxe edition content, if you want that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's the the PlayStation Plus lineup mm-hmm. uh, for games with gold. Let's see. Available right now, there is The Escapist Two. Mm-hmm. A sort of follow up to the original sort of Prison Break game, where you're essentially kind of managing things, trying to get your uh, resources in place mm-hmm. uh, to break out your uh, character out of prison mm-hmm. uh, various times this one I'm not sure what it adds onto the original I assume it's probably uh, built out a little bit more but there's that uh, let's see on the 16th there's Tropical 5 the sort of island uh, city building kind of simulator of sorts mm-hmm. with a, a leaning uh, on the sort of uh, uh, being a dictator uh, and whatnot on yep, pretty much the silence. Mm-hmm. So there's that the penultimate edition, I guess, which has two add-ons with it. Mm-hmm. There uh, for the older stuff, they have on December first available now. Orcs must die. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sort of tower defense-ish kind of action strategy game mm-hmm. of sorts where you're putting up traps and such in these sort of dungeons to stop orcs from getting to uh, whatever you're defending. I forget what it is. Mm -hmm. And on the 16th, there's insanely twisted shadow planet, which is a pretty cool sort of Metroid kind of game, but you are controlling a spaceship Mm -hmm. alien ship kind of thing, Uh, attacking enemies, solving puzzles, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, That one's probably the best of all of these games here. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's the Games of Gold lineup. Uh, pretty decent as well for that one. Checking that stuff out. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's get to a couple of uh, updates that are out now. All right. There is Dreams, which just yeah. added a big update that added a uh, Media Molecule original campaign yep. called Ancient Dangers, a Bat's Tale, mm-hmm. uh, which they describe as like a third person dungeon crawler. Yeah. Uh, with that, that seems pretty neat. I haven't tried that out yet, but I'll probably have to check it out. You can play solo or with uh, friends in local yeah. co-op. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other part of this big update is that they have done a big overhaul of the dream shaping mm-hmm. uh, sort of creation mode uh, so that they have a new template system mm-hmm. and a reworking of the UI so that... I can get a better example of 
you know, how to make certain types of games and sort of build on from that kind of stuff. Uh, they say here they have templates for like a 2D platformer, dungeon crawler, side scrolling, shoot 'em up, mini golf, and more that you can check out, especially one that's just for uh, Ancient Dangers, a Bat's Tale. Mm-hmm. Sort of learn from and get more experience how to make that kind of stuff instead of just building it from scratch. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, Dreams is probably one of the most innovative uh, titles of this generation. The problem is that it just doesn't get advertised very well. Like, that's yeah, one of the reasons it underperformed so badly when it was first released. Yeah, it's a tough thing to get out there to people as far as just, oh, you can make a game, and it's fairly complex for what it is because it's a fairly deep system to mm-hmm. work with. Uh, I'm hoping at some point they do get a PS5 version ready, hopefully for next uh, That would mm-hmm. bring out some stuff and maybe even get it onto PC as one of their PC games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brandon makes a good point about like how this game is promoted. Um, I don't think I've ever seen even an online banner ad for this game, and it's unfortunate because like we know like just how valuable of an IP it could be, but it doesn't seem like Sony or PlayStation really wants to give it a chance to go ahead and spread its wings, which is weird because you know uh, Media Molecule really isn't all that big, and like you mm-hmm. know you, you kind of fear for them just because like they haven't really hit it out of the park in a while. And we know that they're very capable of doing so, but I don't know. It, it, it's tough to say. Like the fact that they exist, like shows PlayStation's like you know um, ability to continue to fund studios that can come up with weird and interesting stuff. And a game like Dreams really allows its fans or even anybody that gets its hands on hands on the game to like really make something cool here. Um, I personally mm-hmm. don't have the game, although I've seen it like go on sale for ten, even fifteen dollars a few times. But I just know that it's not something I have the, t- the time for. But I also didn't know that there were there was a such thing as Media Molecule Original. And you know, even until like you know this particular part of the podcast, I didn't even know such a thing existed. So this does actually make me want to you know maybe pick the game up and see what else is there. Um, as for this actual original, I'm not big on dungeon crawlers, so I don't really care. But I know that a lot of people um, do a lot of cool things on Dreams, and you know, like you, like you said a while ago, if if this on if this was on PC, it could have a whole different audience and open it up. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think currently is on sale for ten dollars, so uh, pick it up on the cheap to check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, let's see. We'll touch on this lightly because I already mentioned most of it. Uh, Fortnite Chapter Three is out now. Yep, uh, you can check that out. Uh, it was a little bit touch and go when it uh, came back up earlier this morning, mm-hmm. as predictably everybody, mm-hmm. uh, even when I was trying to get in this afternoon, it was just sticking out like a white screen uh, for a while. And I just let it sit. It's like maybe it's, there's a timer under this mm-hmm. that was hiding mm-hmm. uh, everything. But no, uh, eventually came back a little bit later and it's finally working. So worth checking out. Seems mm-hmm. like they will have, uh, in addition to Spider-Man, I guess some Gears of War characters will be in the game at some point. Marcus Phoenix yeah. and Kate Diaz. Uh, so there's some extra stuff. Mm-hmm. And it seems, uh, yeah, that's they got some cool stuff going on with people to check out. Yeah, basically a reminder that this game will never, ever be finished. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, let's see. Oh, yeah. Starting on December 7th, there's going to be an ID at Xbox Winter Games Fest demo event. Mm-hmm. That will have a bunch of demos in it and earlier versions of games and such. Uh, let's see. They mentioned a couple things like Loot River, which is sort of that mm-hmm. Dark Souls and puzzle game. Uh, Death Trash, which is a yeah, like an old school RPG uh, mm-hmm. with some more modern gameplay stuff to it. There's Black Tail. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, a retelling of Baba Yaga's origin story, mm-hmm. set in surreal, grim Slavic folklore. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tale of Bistan. Bistan. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, story-driven action adventure game inspired by the 12th century tragic poem Kosro and Shirin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nobody saves the world. The new game from uh, the Dev uh, Drinkbox Studios. That sort of Zelda-esque kind of game that they are working on. So that's at least a handful of things that will be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can start checking that out here on Tuesday. We're running to December 21st. I uh, say mm-hmm. about 35 demos will be available for that. So you can check that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. The Nintendo uh, 64 expansion pack for Nintendo Switch Online. It's finally mm-hmm. getting uh, some more stuff. Uh, well, it's one game, Paper Mario, December yeah. 10th. So they're going to this drip feed already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there there really isn't that much to say there. It is unfortunate that they're continuing to drip feed, especially when we knew that this game was coming. It was just a matter of when. Um, but yeah, I mean, as for Paper Mario itself... Um, this game is timeless. You know, you play it now, it looks as good as it did back then. Um, sure, it would go ahead and uh, benefit from like a higher resolution, but you know, if you're playing it on handheld, what's surprising to me here is um, Nintendo went ahead and made a new trailer for it. Like, yeah. okay, I guess they're putting effort into something, but other than that, yeah, like it's it's a whole home announcement, but if you've never played Paper Mario in a console that was for JRPGs, this was a fantastic one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a game that is not going to be hard to play on the Switch, unlike some of the others, where they had to figure out ways to retrofit a six-button controller onto a Switch. Because uh, as a turn-based RPG, you just move around, you jump on stuff, uh, and you pick uh, options in your menu. It's mm-hmm. fairly simple for that stuff, but... Yeah, they announced a handful of games that were coming out after launch, and Unfortunately, they're not, like, bunching them up in some way. Yeah. Even two games a month would be pretty decent and get you into a good bit of next year before they start having to worry about getting more games on there. Mm-hmm. And now the Genesis stuff seems to be coming as well, so they could easily be doing one N64 game in December, Genesis in January, and 64 in February. Mm-hmm. And that would really turn sentiment sour on this whole expansion pack that right. but yeah uh paper mario well worth playing might be the best mm-hmm. of the games that are on there yeah right now so oh yeah that. uh let's see oh yeah titanfall has been delisted from all of the storefronts it's been on and they mentioned that it will be removed from subscription services on march 1st 2022 mm-hmm. uh, it'll be going off of ea play origin play and xbox game pass yeah 
Uh, seems like servers will still be up for the foreseeable future, but uh, your opportunities to buy it have shrunk greatly. You'll have to get a physical version of the game mm-hmm. uh, to be able to play it if you do not have it. They put out a big tweet saying, let's see, Pilots, Titanfall is part of our DNA at Respawn. It's a game that showcased the ambitions of the studio when it was first revealed more than seven years ago. It continues to be mm-hmm. a beacon of innovation that we strive for in all our games. Uh, we made a decision to discontinue new sales of the original Titanfall games starting today, and we'll be removing the game from subscription services on March 1st, 2022. We will, mm-hmm. however, be keeping servers live for the dedicated fan base that's still playing. And those who own the game and are looking to drop into a match, rest assured Titanfall's core to Respawn's DNA and this mm-hmm. incredible universe will continue. Today in Titanfall 2 and Apex Legends and in the future, this franchise is a North Star for the caliber of experiences we will continue to create here at Respawn. Mm-hmm. Probably yeah. won't see a Titanfall 3 for a while just because it seems like they're busy on a lot of stuff. Still working on Apex Legends. Yeah, Apex. Game. Yeah, that new Star Wars game. Um, I mean, technically, any new Titanfall stuff they wanted to do, they could put into Apex Legends that takes place in the same universe. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah um, I'm kind of not surprised because the first Titanfall kind of underperformed when it originally came out. Like it sold pretty well at first, but the thing with the original Titanfall is it was probably, I think it was like one of the first, well, no, it's not one of the first years, but to go without a campaign, but it was a game that came out that was supposed to have a pretty expansive lore, but it didn't really tell its story very well because it was all through the medium of like the the uh, multiplayer aspect. Yeah. And yeah, but I mean, other than that, I mean, it's a really solid shooter. Uh, but yeah, if you still have like hard copies of it, um, you can still get it. Um, and. Uh, the servers are supposed to stay online, so... Yeah. I remember buying the game on Xbox One and all the DLC. And then mm. they made it free like a month or so later. Yeah. Uh, all the DLC, at least. I was like, oh, that's great. Uh, but yeah, the the game itself plays really well. It's very much like a, a good uh, sort of mobile uh, first-person shooter with uh, mm-hmm. still some of the feel of a Call of Duty that yep. Infinity Ward made at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but with the ability to kind of run around, jump, climb walls, uh, yeah. call down a mech every once in a while to wreck some mm-hmm. havoc and having the the AI uh, sort of drones in the game uh, allowed even the, the worst of people to be able to get some kills and feel pretty decent about how they did. Uh, if they mm-hmm. were not, you know, sort of the greatest at the game, but yeah, that was uh, that was a fun game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Titanfall Two is also a very fun game, but a bit of a different one in the way they handle the multiplayer, and probably for the better ultimately because the original had a lot of matchmaking where you're trying you're trying to do the campaign stuff for achievement reasons or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was tough to get into those kind of matches. Mm-hmm. It was just not the appealing sort of mode to do and it was only a campaign because they played like little radio play type story bits as mm-hmm. you were going into matches that just kind of 
kind of weird, but uh, yeah, that is uh, mm-hmm. that is uh, something to uh, keep an eye on if you don't, but did not buy it at any point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that. Let's see. We got a couple of dates here, or not dates, but release time frames for a couple of games. Uh, there's the mm-hmm. Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe, the sort of console yeah. port of the original Star- uh, Stanley Parable, which is just a great sort of comedic story adventure game of sorts where you play, you know, a character named Stanley who's, you know, going throughout his office and finding that there's a narrator sort of talking about him and sometimes to him and you find ways to undermine him, things he's saying, uh, all that kind of stuff. Very kind of fun and ridiculous game. And uh, the studio Crows, Crows, Crows has been working on this for a while. Uh, Developer uh, sort of finding uh, some cool ways to adapt this to consoles. I think it's also coming to Mm. PC as well in like an upgraded form. So that's going to be early 20, mm-hmm. so no time frame, but they seem to be pretty set on this one. Mm. So yeah, that is, uh, yeah, that is worth yeah. checking out if you're into sort of subversive games. Yeah, that game is really fun, just being able to find all the numerous ways you can mine the narrator. Because there's, yeah. there's a bunch of them. Yep, yep. Uh, let's see. We talked about Dead Cells last week, getting an update to bring in a bunch of... Uh, Items and such, representing characters from other big indie games. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have talked about uh, that there is a new expansion coming, The Queen in the Sea. They put out a teaser trailer for it. That will also be coming out early 2022. So you can check that out to add sort of some new areas to Mm -hmm. uh, play. Uh, Sort of following up the Bad Sea DLC they released last year that also added some new biomes to check out. Yeah. So yeah, that is uh, some more fun stuff there for the game that never seems to stop getting new content. Mm-hmm. Which is great to see. Yeah, it's awesome. Especially, you know, coming from an indie, it was definitely a highlight of the year it came out. And it's continuing to find a way to stay evergreen. Solid stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's that. And the last of these games sort of getting time frames is Moss Book 2. Oh, yeah. Which now has a time frame of spring 2022. Mm-hmm. They put a new trailer out sort of highlighting when this will be coming out, at least a, mm-hmm. a time frame to come out. I think they've also talked about that they have other ambitions with this franchise, mm-hmm. potentially like some animation stuff, uh, maybe books or whatever. I don't recall what all of it was, but yeah. Uh, Definitely makes sense for uh, for the sort of character work they've done with Moss and all that. Oh yeah, the first game for the uh, if you, those who have not played it is absolutely gorgeous. It's really good, good looking, and it's pretty fun too. I've been told. Um, yeah, I haven't played because I don't have VR, but I've been yeah. told it's quite good. Yeah, very much has the the feel of like a Legend of Zelda or maybe a God of War. More the the more recent God of War to it, uh, with all your sort of platforming and puzzle solving stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, really fun, really well worth checking out. And 
Yeah, book two will be out sometime early next year in the spring. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's that. And yeah, we'll kind of circle back around to Respawn in that mm-hmm. the launch of Battlefield 2042 has not gone very well for them. Nope, Dice, it has it seems been... Like. Yeah, been kind of an issue. Got a few issues. Yeah, it seems like part of the problem is they went to 128 players uh, for matches, and it seems like maybe that led to maps that are maybe way too big for Mm -hmm. uh, the sort of action they want. So you have a lot of people just running, 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 and then get sniped by somebody. Experience is over, nothing wacky. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is the, the typical Battlefield way. And so they've said, I think they've had a number of people at DICE sort of step down and leave. Uh, and they are now putting Respawn Entertainment head Vince Sampella in charge of the Battlefield franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like they are uh, working on uh, some ways to improve Battlefield 2042, but as well as yeah. on some new stuff potentially that mm-hmm. maybe be more of a a hero shooter of such some sort of battlefield universe. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up uh, spinning off the portal mode from battlefield 2042 into like a, a free to play thing. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Probably a lot of options there, but I think they said ripple effect is going to be working on the next battlefield game, which is the, uh, the LA studio. Yeah. Uh, that uh, was working on, some others, I think it was, is that the studio that was working on the new Dead Dead Space? I think so. Oh, it sounds familiar. Uh, yeah, they worked on Battlefield, Mirror's Edge, Star Wars Battlefront. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, this is the Dice LA studio, so I guess it's not the, the Dead Space studio, but uh... yeah, they, they've worked on a bunch of the Battlefield stuff, but not as the main studio, so that is... Uh, Interesting move. They need to find whatever they had going on in with Battlefield 3 and 4 and the Bad Company games that helped it rival Call of Duty because what's been going on of late has not been doing it for most people. No, they've been kind of been downswing since Battlefield 1. And I don't mean that Battlefield 1 was bad. Battlefield 1 was really good, but they have not been able to uh, keep up the quality sense. Yeah, they haven't been able to sort of distill the whatever they're working on to the core Battlefield experience. Mm-hmm. I've kind of lost track of that. So, But Vincent Pella knows his shooters, uh, so hopefully he can help them find uh, the way for whatever is next for the Battlefield series. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's that news. And let's get over to Take Two. That is just being a trademark asshole of late, just going on a spree uh, with trademarks that they are grabbing related to you know their own name, Take Two, Rockstar, various other uh, studio names and game names that they own. I don't know why they wouldn't have done that before, but. They're even getting aggressive enough that they have put in a trademark dispute for It Takes Two from Haze Like Games. Yeah. Uh, yeah which like... won't require them to like change the name or anything, but 
it means they cannot trademark the term it takes two, I guess. Mm -hmm. So ultimately can't like legally trademark that name of sorts. It's very yeah. weird and very just kind of mm -hmm. legal jerk and not going the route that Bethesda typically does, which is claim that the name infringes on their properties despite not having anything uh, to do with them and forcing, yeah. you know, indie teams to change the name of their games. Mm -hmm. I just, yeah, it's very much it's, a, a real kind of legal dick move. It's just really petty. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not going to comment on It Takes Two, because obviously I can't, but um, this whole Take Two thing with trademarking and all that and whatnot, while it does come off as petty, and like, you know, you're right, it could be, um, at the end of the day, these are just, like, legal teams from big companies doing their jobs. Um, if, you're to, if you were to look at Take Two's, like, actual list of other, you know, copyright and trademark claims, um, there are a whole bunch of, like, other things in there that... Um, you know, have nothing to do with gaming at all, but they're going ahead. They're they're going ahead and like trying it anyway. Um, I think like the main thing that they they didn't even try was like Monster. But yeah, the the reason why big companies like Tech Two do this is because you know, um, if they didn't, it'll get to a point where things will become too lenient, and then eventually, you know, something. Uh, something small makes it big, and it's all of a sudden, oh, we could have prevented this. And I'm not, I'm not saying that's the right thing, but you know, you got to have your legal teams do something. But yeah, the fact that uh, there were 25 claims for uh, it takes two were, um, you know, aside from that, yeah, it's, it's, it's. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't really consider the story because. Yeah. Uh, one of the weird things they note that some of the words they've grabbed is like rock star, mafia, civilization. And even Star Rocks, as in Rockstar, you know, split up and swapped, I guess. That's a, a very weird thing. Trademark. Uh, but yeah, it's just kind of a, a whole weird situation, especially for terms that are fairly generic in their, uh, the way they're, they're typically used in this stuff. You know, going for take two for the name of your company makes sense, but the game it takes two is not really all that uh, similar, especially when it's just it's based off of you know a phrase. It takes two, uh, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So yeah, just a weird story, weird whole situation. Hopefully, is the extent of them being just kind of a legal dick to other studios and publishers. But we'll see. Uh, let's get to some Activision Blizzard news. Nothing really too huge here, but this first one is very much kind of a, a an asshole move. Yeah. Uh, involving Raven Studio, uh, their QA, mm -hmm. that had yeah. been getting uh, promises by uh, the heads uh, of Activision Blizzard and Raven Software that they would get their uh, contract uh, rates for pay uh, restructured and mm -hmm. being led along on that promise for months and then started getting people invited to uh, meetings individually to be told that they're being laid off. Mm -hmm. I see that is still going on. People have meetings set for this upcoming week. Mm. Yeah, people have been tweeting about it on 
Twitter that their uh, friends in QA see one here says I'm, I'm I am gutted right now. My friends in QA Raven were promised for months that Activision was working towards a pay restructure to increase their wages. Today, one by one, valuable members of the team were called into meetings and told they were being let go. Yeah, this is the studio that works on Call of Duty Warzone, which makes a ton of money for them. There's no reason they couldn't afford increasing their raise, their uh, pay. Uh, It seems like they are doing it for those that survive these layoffs uh, from $17 an hour to $18.50, alongside improved benefits and quarterly bonuses. But doing that alongside layoffs and seemingly layoffs that maybe... uh, aren't really needed to cut costs for this kind of stuff isn't doesn't help anything with their image right now that is in the dumpster already mm-hmm. especially when you're doing when you're working on an ongoing game QA is going to constantly be needed for that it doesn't sound like they have doesn't seem like seasonal kind of QA trimming where they get a game mm-hmm. out work on a big thing and then trim down because it's something they just constantly keep working on so yeah yeah, very annoying news. Extremely. And it's just kind of, I mean, just uh, just overall good sign of just overall shittiness at that company, you know? Yeah. This is a company that's announced, you know, huge profits in one year and then laid off a bunch of people. Uh, I'm like, oh, you generally don't cut people when you are making a lot of money. Uh, it's not usually how that works, but... Yeah, let's uh, continue on here to the next thing. Uh, This is a little weird story that state treasurers from California, Massachusetts, Illinois, Oregon, Delaware, and Nevada are calling on Activision Blizzard to take more serious measures in addressing their ongoing investigations and lawsuits about the company's toxic work culture. Mm -hmm. And you might be wondering why these state treasurers are interested in Activision Blizzard at all. Uh, because state treasurers, as they here, are typically in charge of overseeing financial matters that concern both its state and citizens, uh, which Activision Blizzard is not really doing much in any of the, most of these states. California, obviously, because that's where they're headquartered at. But it seems like the wrinkle is in like treasurers in states like Illinois serve as auditors of public accounts, which uh, states will have active in investments that could potentially include Activision Blizzard in that mm-hmm. that are affected by the company's stock prices, which in turn affects pension funds that people use in retirement having investments in an Activision Blizzard also means these government shareholders have some power in dictating what these companies do next. And yeah, right now this is one of the one of the companies that these treasurers are not very happy with because they are affecting people's pension funds potentially mm-hmm. with their lack of interest in really making the main change that would help calm things down. Mm. So yeah, a bit of a, a, a weird whole aspect of this, but yeah, just more potential pressure to maybe get Activision Blizzard to dump Poppy Kotick. Mm-hmm. But we got another group that uh, once Bobby Kotick removed a right-wing organization called National Legal and Policy Center that wants Bobby Kotick removed from the board. uh, What you might not realize, instead of talking about the board of Coca-Cola, 
Mm-hmm. That he is also a director on. Because of course he is. Yeah. Uh, they... Go ahead. Now, I was going to say, a lot of these comebacks tend to have uh, have multiple seats in multiple companies. So, Yeah, uh, sort of token seats where they may not mm-hmm. be super invested in. But, yeah, the director of NLPC's Corporate Integrity Project says it's time for action. Saying sexual harassment mm-hmm. in the workplace is unacceptable. There exists no constituency in favor of sexual harassment except perhaps among corporate executives who cover for each other. They're asking Coca-Cola chairman and CEO James Quincy to immediately seek the resignation of Robert A. Bobby Kotick from his uh, directorship on the board of the Coca-Cola company, and that he'd be removed from consideration as a director candidate for reappointment at the 2022 annual meeting of share owners. Mm -hmm. Uh, Should Mr. Kotick refuse to voluntarily leave his dick, directorship uh we direct that you call a special meeting of the directors to remove him of course kotaku knowing exactly what's going on here has the the picture from the onion article i guess the onion article where it's like the worst person you know has made a great point that you agree with Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, that dude's picture from that article so yeah that is uh that is another bit of pressure that i don't know that that's gonna affect activision blizzard at all for the record, I'm pretty sure this guy's um, this this group's like original beef with Bobby Kotick wasn't any of that. It was the fact that Kotick was one of the corporate leaders who came out at, opposed to uh, the the voter suppression efforts here in my home state of Georgia, and they've basically been going after anyone had something bad to say about it, and yeah. they just kind of stacked all this other crap on top of it. Yeah, they act in bad faith, acting like they are against uh, sexual harassment in the workplace, but only if it benefits them to call out somebody that they already hated versus somebody that might be on their side. But yeah, that is the Activision Blizzard news Mm -hmm. for the week. Nothing super major, but more, more stuff going on. Uh, we got the Game Awards happening this week. It seems like Activision Blizzard probably won't have anything going on there from what Jeff Keighley has been saying. But, yeah, we'll be doing a co-stream of that on mm-hmm. Thursday night, mm-hmm. talking over what's going on there. Uh, maybe I will find a way to get a game on the screen as well for the, the slow times. Uh, we'll see. Uh but yeah, that is going to be it for this week's show. Thank you to Brandon Danry for joining this week. Uh, we will be back next week with a new slate of news. Um, thinking we will probably be uh, off for Christmas weekend. Probably be back for the 2nd of January to start the new year. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably talking about Game of the Year stuff there among other things. So we'll have probably two more shows here for the year uh, before we take a halt break. But yeah, thank you everybody for tuning in. Hope you have a good mm-hmm. rest of your week. We will see you all next time. Uh, if you enjoy the show, feel free to let your friends and family know, uh, get them into 
the show, even those you may not like, uh, that may not like mm-hmm. you as well. Uh, there's always a chance that enjoyment of the show might bring you together mm-hmm. or into some sort of mutual understanding that prevents a lot of weirdness going on. So uh, we can be the show that bridges divides. So mm-hmm. thank you everybody for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back next week and hope you have a good one.